and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and coming up on the show we have Cormac Daly, aka Cosmonaut Music. It's a relatively new music promotions gigging uh, business that started uh, in Cork in February this year and he's putting on lots of really, really good shows. He's the music programmer for Indie Cork, which has taken place October 8th to 15th in Cork, obviously. And it's a film festival, but he's a music programmer for it. He's got lots of good shows, so we kind of go through all that. There's a Hope is Noise documentary and gig happening as well, which should be great. I've heard lots of good things about the film. It's been a long time in the making, actually longer than I thought as well. We talk about all that. We talk about DIY Limerick. Gormick grew up in Limerick, so we touch on what good things are happening there music venues in Cork and we try and keep it quite positive as well I think we succeed usually when you're talking about music venues in Cork it's quite easy to get down particularly at the moment but he's one of the people who's doing really really good things and Plugged are going to be coming back shortly in a new space and things are tentatively looking positive again in Cork but just before we get to all that I'm currently in Dublin it's not even an hour since Grizzly Bear left the stage at Vigor Street and myself and music photographer photographer Frido Donovan were at the show it's Grizzly Bear one of our favorite bands and this was the first night of their European tour slash world tour slash you know two year uh tour for Painted Ruins, their new album. And so we went on day one breed and they're one of our favourite bands, aren't they? We've seen them a few times before. Yeah, we have. I think one of the first times was at Puckle Pop, which is a music festival in Belgium. Um, and that was, I think, in 2009, if I'm remembering correctly. And then the year after, we saw them at Live the Marquee. And then after that, it was Electric Picnic. Am I right? Yeah. Well, I can barely remember. <laughs> like, you say that as if it was, you know, last year. Like, 2010 was seven years ago. Their heyday was probably, as in, like, maybe their not creative heyday but their critical heyday was about 2008 9 10 i think and so it's been about five years since their last album shields and painted ruins is a couple of months old maybe two months old now and they played a lot of uh the songs off that they played about two-thirds of the songs tonight um but going back to that marquee show villagers were one of the bands who supported them so that was that kind of did seem like such a special show, didn't it? Absolutely. But like, I actually, uh, we, well, uh, I think also on the, the lineup for that night was like Midlake and Camera Obscura. And I distinctly remember having like, sadly, zero interest in those bands and like kind of got there really early for Villagers. We were so excited for that. And then kind of sat through a Camera Obscura, I think. I just not into to them. And then love Grizzly Bear, but then Midlake was just kind of lost on me as well, unfortunately. Midlake are one of those bands whose fans are very devoted. So if there's any Midlake fans, uh, uh, Breed O'Donovan <laughs> Photography on Instagram, Breed Adlib on Twitter, you can uh, give her abuse there. But back to tonight, um, have you listened to Painted Ruins much? Were you like excited to hear some of the songs live? Um, I've listened to it quite a lot. Um, it's a bit of a heartbreak album, is like, isn't it? And it's didn't quite come across like that way live. In my opinion, I felt a bit more upbeat. But I've listened to it so much. I don't know if it's like one of the f- my favorite albums from them, but it's still 
rock solid and same I was actually just thinking when we're watching the gig that like they're one of those bands that you can go see and you know they're going to give it their all they're going to be so professional like they've never let us down have they like they've always been incredible and what's the name of the guy sorry I'm so bad with like band names uh, the guy on the right uh, as you're looking of uh, Ed the bassist no 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 the drummer if, if you're looking oh at sorry Ed, um daniel rosson daniel yeah i love him he's just so quiet and he just he's kind of like this kind of quietly confident guy who's just doing these amazing things and just like you know towards the end when he's trying to have a bit of banter it was just like everyone was like yeah he's talking finally <laughs> he he was giving me fierce paul simon vibes i don't know if you got that yeah. he kind of I was, I was thinking like oh man if like he has one ep to his name released back in about 2010 or really? something like that it's really really good but I, i'm thinking like if grizzly bear end or if they take an even longer uh hiatus than they have the past little while then he's probably going to be the one who's going to do something really really amazing but it's a wednesday night i felt that there was a little bit lacking maybe atmosphere wise but saying that like it was in vickers street and i thought the crowd was really really good it was nice really quiet really respectful which was so yeah. nice uh, maybe that's just a grizzly bear fan <laughs> yeah older and like <laughs> yeah we, we have to go to a gig on a wednesday home by 11 o'clock <laughs> <Yeah>. yes <laughs> and actually be, yeah actually loving the fact we're home at 11 o'clock but um ed dross the singer was like i love watching you guys the crowd try and dance you know you know we don't rock that hard we you know you just kind of sway a little bit and that's what he was doing as well particularly at the start it was just a lot of swaying what more can you do really absolutely that's exactly what i was doing bit of head bopping bit of swaying <laughs> that was it that's all i could do on a wednesday night <laughs> they opened with oh before we talk about the songs what did you think the actual stage setup if you could describe it for all the Ooh, people listening that's a hard task because it's quite unusual but um anyone who's seen grizzly bear live or watched their like live sets uh online you just know they put so much effort into their into the visual appearance of of their shows and like before they had those i think before i was just talking to my housemate there and she was like saying it was before any coffee shop picked up on those kind of you know the cool bulbs do you know what i'm talking about where the middle part is quite exposed do you remember their like their their setup in, in the at Pucka pop and oh I don't, I don't with your memory oh my god okay i, I barely so remember they had these like amazing we were a <laughs> um so they had these amazing kind of drop down lights which kind of flickered in like in tune with the music and it was like quite spectacular um so for this setup um if i can describe it so they had kind of almost so so three layers of what looked like almost like starched muslin cloth or something so it was like transparent and it was like you know if you crumple up like a tissue or something and it holds a shape it completely held a shape so it had almost like if you imagine one curtain to one side and then behind that it was another curtain to the other side and then you had the backdrop but in some of the photos or when you look back at like videos or even, you know, when they kind of changed the light slightly, it almost looked like a cave, like what you were looking at. Yeah. So it was just kind of um, really unusual, very minimal, um, which I just think when you kind of put the time and effort into it, it's like so pared back. I really appreciate a band that kind of has that like pared back, but for such a striking kind of stage that I love it. Love it. 
I was thinking if you're standing kind of far back and slightly stage right, you probably might not be able to see the drummer, Chris Bear, who is kind of behind the front veil. That's what that was my thought. I was like, oh, if people come in late and they can't see him, are they going to be like, oh, they got rid of their drummer? Totally. I was like, look at him. He's way over there. I was like, pull him in a bit closer. I know, yeah. He did seem a bit far away. And they seemed to be delighted that they had space because I think Ed was saying all of their, I suppose, pre-tour shows have been in like um, uh, record stores. But I was like, man, now you've given yourself too much space. It's like, bring it in a bit, bring it in. But they are quite sparse. I think their, their shows before, they've always been quite separate. There's no banter between them either. I think that's weird i think that's just like i think that it's just the fact that they haven't played together that much it's mm. like in three months it'll be like very tight but uh i think it was I kind of just getting used to everything today they started off with my favorite song off painted ruins neighbors which is also like the saddest opening line on the album as well it's like i pick up the pen i write your name down with a sense of dread and it's like oh that's a sort are we in for that type of a show uh then it was into losing all sense and then there was a couple of older things as well while you wait for the others i think was still the highlight for me it's well it's de- according to my last fm it's the song that i've listened to most wow. from grizzly bear but i was really really hoping for knife which is like their love song mm-hmm. i feel but we didn't get that tonight it'll be in- they did play some like really old stuff uh so it'll be in- what was your particular highlight well i don't know what my highlight was but when they played like the much older stuff i thought it was quite interesting you know when you just hear it live and you can compare it to the new stuff it just sounded slightly more experimental more sparse more kind of room for it just seems like they've tightened things up a bit which isn't necessarily a good thing or a bad thing it's just the way it is i just really enjoyed that i was like i really want to go back to is it lullaby Am I making that up? What's the name of the album? Um, Are we the worst uh, fans? Sh- Shields. No, no, no. Oh, Way Shields. before that. The first, I don't know. Oh, there we go. Okay, let's call yeah. it Lullaby. We're, 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 the, big, <laughs> we're the biggest Grizzly Bear fans. We're the biggest Grizzly Bear fans. But, um, yeah, the new stuff is interesting. Like, anybody who listens to the Song Exploder podcast will, well should have seen that they were on that they were talking about Four Cypresses which is a pretty dense song and you could kind of see like Chris uh, Taylor I want to say is the basis name uh, is kind of like he's a real musical genius he was like he's usually on the bass of course and then you blink and oh he's picked up a clarinet oh now he's on the uh, saxophone and he also provides the best uh, backing vocals as well yeah but um yeah, they're really, really dense songs, but I th- I don't know. I feel like, okay, this was the first night. They'll probably be, this was also the the second gig that was announced. They sold out the Thursday night gig at Vicar Street really, really quickly. This was kind of added on then. So I feel like tomorrow will, might be a kind of a better, not that it was lacking. There was a couple making out right next to me for pretty much the entire show which <gasps> i kind of laughed and i was like guys you paid money for these tickets come I on know. pay attention it's just like look at the band now and again come on i know you can do it um yeah i kind of feel like that as well that i feel like tomorrow night now thursday night will kind of be a bit bigger which is but it's fine i feel like i got the gig i wanted i think i really yeah i really enjoyed hearing it i'm looking for i'm instantly looking forward to seeing them at one or two or however many festivals next year i think it'll be interesting to see their set list particularly from this album because it seems like they're quite difficult enough songs to play but but anyway 
anything else seems. anything else you want to add about the about the show um contrary to popular belief we are fans even if we don't know their names or how many times we've gotten to see them we still do like Grizzly Bear yeah yeah <laughs> okay so without further ado let's well thanks for listening first of all and now we'll go into Cormac Daly aka Cosmonaut Music talking about indie cork and music in cork and everything else and I don't think we talk about Grizzly Bear at all over the next little while so there you go thanks for listening and thanks breed no bother <laughs> so i'm sitting here with cormac daly from cosmonaut production productions music promotions yeah i kind of just call it cosmonaut music cork cosmonaut music cork succinct and to the point you're the music programmer for indie cork which is taking place uh the 8th of october to the 15th of october it's the fifth year of the festival which seems like it's a nice little milestone um when did you come on board and start working with them yeah, so uh, this is my second year uh, with the festival. Uh, last year I came on board more as a kind of um, a technical member of the team. I was the venue manager for uh, the um, the uh, the Kino, which we, we, we had uh, sponsored by Black Knight. Uh, it was um, kind of used as a um, kind of a space where people could go and find out about the festival. And then at night we'd have uh, kind of like events and gigs and that kind of thing. Uh, so I originally came on board uh, to to work for the team in that capacity, and then um, I suppose uh, this year I I was asked back to help with the uh, the music programming. So I programmed the music with uh, Tony Langlois, who's been he's one of the directors of the festival, and he's been there since the start. And um, yeah, it's been a great experience. It's been it's been really interesting. I like I I, I work as a, a music promoter and kind of have um, a kind of day to day experience of booking gigs as a kind of a one-man operation and it was really interesting to kind of come in and see how things are done in a different organization and try and learn from them and I suppose try and um, kind of put my own stamp on it but also to kind of mirror the style and ethos I suppose of the festival. Yeah um, tell me more about the keynote it's very sad now like walking and cycling by it and just seeing that like the the picture is being taken down and painted mm. over like it's just like ah. Oh. You've taken the Kino as well? Yeah, it's all change. Um, I mean, like, I'm not originally from Cork. I've been here about two years, but I've spoken to so many people since I moved down here who, uh, for different reasons, the Kino is kind of near and dear to their heart. Uh, kind of, I suppose, for my kind of immediate peer group in Cork, it was a great venue for, the, like, the last couple of years. And we... we uh, you know, we had a lot of fun there. We saw some great music. And then for other people, obviously, it was an uh, independent cinema back in the day. In terms of what's happening there now, um, I don't really know a whole lot. I can't really, I can't really, uh, uh, I can't really uh, claim to know very much about it. Uh, I am under the impression that it's going to be used for uh, events and music again. Oh, really? So it, it's, it's, I guess it's in, uh, it's in flux. Hmm. But, uh, maybe something positive is going to come of it yeah finger fingers crossed for that uh like mick hannigan is the uh, co one of the co-directors mm. with unifili uh on indie cork and he used to run um the keynote didn't he essentially yes he uh, owned it yeah. i presume that you have some good stories from him like back in the day or, or do you go to the cinema with him or does he ta start talking and he's like oh it's it's not the keynote 
Well, uh, I, I kind of uh, would, would have worked with Mick kind of closely uh, over the last year or so on events in the keynote, and I never really got a chance to speak to him that much about um, what it was like back then, because we were always just quite kind of busy with what mm. was kind of happening at the time. Uh, but yeah, Mick, Mick's, a, Mick's a great guy. He's a really interesting guy. He's, um, uh, he, he's a kind of a bit of a renaissance man. He's kind of got... Uh, a lot of different areas of interest, and I think he's very, uh, very kind of committed to promoting Irish and culture in the local community. And that was kind of something I, I always saw him doing in the keynote whenever I was working in there. He, he was definitely one of his priorities. And uh, yeah, it's kind of sad to see that that relationship has ended. And you know, I suppose the keynote is going to go on and do something else now and make it won't be a part of it. But you know, in another sense, he's kind of thrown himself very much into Indie Cork this year and. I know from talking to Una and Tony and Mick that they're really proud of the program this year. And, you know, maybe the the keynote isn't Mick's focus at the moment, but he's he's very much thrown himself into this. And, you know, I, I think, again, it's, it's, uh, it's in a, we're in a state of flux, we're in a state of change, but good things will come of it. Yeah. Um, just before we kind of get deeper into uh, Cosmonaut and why you started a music promotions um and music gigging uh thing <laughs> for lack of a better word uh do you want to talk just about the music that's on in indie cork and like your role in booking it or in programming it yeah sure um so like i said i, I worked uh for the festival last year and i had a wonderful time and i got on great with the team they're an amazing team uh kind of maybe sometime over the summer una uh, got back into me she said cormac we'd love to have you back as part of as part of uh, the team again this year, and if we, you know, we'd like for you to work with with Tony, and the two of you can put together the uh, the music program if if you'd be interested. And I, I jumped at the opportunity because uh, you know it's it's something that I do, and uh, I'm really passionate about the festival. Uh, genuinely, I think it's a really really think it's a great festival, and uh, I'd love to see it grow and succeed. And um, yeah, this is something that I'm passionate about too. Is 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 kind of like shedding a light on. Uh, different music that I enjoy and kind of sharing it with people. Um, it's been an interesting experience programming. Like there, there definitely is a very diverse selection of music on there. Do, were you like given any instructions or was it kind of like they trust you enough that it's like, you just book away. You just um, book away, Cormac. It'll be grand. No, it is kind of a mix. Like to be honest, I met with Tony once or twice and kind of had a chat back and forth with him and kind of got a feel for uh, what they were looking for, and like I very, uh, very uh, explicitly said to him, describe what you want to me. Like, tell me what you're looking for, and you know I'll do my best to to provide that for you. And you know, it, it, essentially, uh, Tony did say to me, uh, you know, like obviously the important stuff. Beware of kind of these budget constraints, and kind of think about these practicalities. Um, but very much. The ethos of the festival is we want to give uh, kind of like um, emerging artists in the community an outlet to demonstrate what we, what they do. We want to kind of uh, encourage collaboration. And there's kind of a very kind of strong kind of, um, I think kind of mixed media kind of flavor to, to all of the events. So that was kind of a, a big part of it too. It's like, look, if you can find some way of mixing film 
with music or some sort of like a visual element to what's happening, that's that's really encouraged too. And that that kind of you know got me to kind of put my thinking cap on, I suppose, and try and come up with a couple of different uh, events that I thought would be suitable. And we you know we spoke about a lot of different things, and some of them. Uh, you know, worked out, and some of them weren't really suitable. And you know, there's a couple of things on here that uh, I'm really proud of, and I'm really looking forward to. So, do you want to kind of run through it a little bit? You've uh, Tank is kind of the opening act. That's on. Well, that's yesterday, as people are. Oh no, it's oh, next it's week. Sorry, next week. Yeah. Uh, so Tank is very much Tony's baby. Uh, it's um, a more a focus on, uh, I suppose, like sound art experimental artists and uh kind of having a, a kind of mix of visual and i suppose interactive performance to go with that um and then from within that i kind of uh pointed tony in the direction of alan massey who's a friend of mine from limerick who i think is just uh just an absolutely phenomenal producer and uh he's very much kind of um uh works away in the bedroom doesn't really promote his stuff very much just kind of keeps kind of constantly putting new music out there and you know it's kind of for me it's kind of really great to kind of give him a little bit of a push and be like alan okay look do you want to do this yeah. you know stop, stop making so much music just go ahead and play go out and play <laughs> it you know so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that I'm, and like every, everything else that's going to be on that night we've got uh, uh gunther burkhouse who is you know just like a legend, essentially, in the in the kind of uh, experimental kind of uh, soundscape and and kind of abstract music, computer abstract computer music scene, and uh, you know he's performed for Indie Cork a, a number of times, and I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do this year. Um, and then uh, Helio Leon, uh, who's a, a lovely guy and a wonderful, talented photographer, and I have literally no idea what he's going to do uh for the this this event the purple you know room it'll be good i know it'll be good yeah <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking forward to it i'm really looking forward to it um i suppose the other kind of event that i kind of did quite a bit of work on uh was the um the hip-hop night it's in collaboration with cutting heads collective we've been on the podcast like ages ago just as they were kind of starting out i think and they're going up to their second birthday now so it's great it's great that they're still going and still going quite strong and that they're kind of getting involved with this. So it's it's about the truth of the truth about Irish hip hop, which is um, just a music documentary that was made in the past year, I think. And so it's kind of the music in collaboration with that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of this kind of like, I suppose, uh, kind of came together very organically. Uh, like I said, Tony kind of gave me some kind of general guidance and instructions, and I went and just started looking around, and lo and behold, someone this year had released a film about Irish hip-hop, and at the same time, I kind of had hope, I, I suppose I should have said already, I'd already said to Tony, look, if, you're, if you want to look at, like, emerging art, artists, if you want to look at, like, you know, uh, what the kind of the interesting art in Ireland is at the moment, in re regards to music, I think the hip hop scene is amazing. I think the core hip hop scene, uh, like the the guys in Cutting Heads, there's some absolutely phenomenal, uh, phenomenal MCs and producers. Like Speculative Fiction is just he's one of the best MCs in the country. Um, you've got um, the Unseen up in Limerick. The, there's just an, a, a huge amount of amazing hip hop being made in Ireland at the moment. So I was very much pushing to get some hip hop on the program, and was trying to figure out some kind of a visual element for it. And turns out someone has made a film, and half the lads are in it. 
<laughs> so it just kind of came together really, really beautifully. Do you get to see uh, the films like before they're on? Do you like ask to see them and you're like, okay, we can, you know, get this guy because he's in it sort of thing? Um, yeah, totally. Like I had hoped to have been more um, involved in the film selection process and I was given access to uh, the, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of films that were entered and, and the different applicants. I uh, didn't get a chance to this year, but uh, if if I were to do it again, I would hope to kind of look through the different music films, different music documentaries, and kind of like match stuff up against that. Like for instance, that's how we've ended up with uh, Gary McMahon. Uh, so he's he's flying in from the United States. He's uh, the 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 yodeling cowboy from Greeley, Colorado, uh, who's had a, a documentary. Uh, a document made about him, his life this year, which will be screened at the film festival. And when uh, when Mr. McMahon found out about this, he uh, he decided to come to Cork and join us for a performance and wow. the the premiere of his film. So yeah, it, it, there's there's a lovely crossover there, definitely. Did you get to see uh, Notes on a Rave in Dublin? I have not seen it yeah, yet. I've heard a lot about that. It mm. sounds like it's uh, it's supposed to be really, really good. I'm c- I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm definitely going to try because I think that, well, that and you had all the stuff that was made around Sir Henry's and it's like, well, rave doesn't seem to happen that much anymore. But mm. uh, but anyway, um, Hope is Noise have had a documentary made about them as well that's been in the works for a couple of years. And so they're playing, as well as part of the music festival, they're playing um, on Thursday, the 12th of October, I've, have you seen that i have not seen that yet it's good that you're you're you know you're excited about seeing all these stuff as well though isn't it no absolutely and it, it, it like at this stage for me like looking at indie cork um while the week is yet to come a lot of this kind of it, it's in the bag like for me a lot of the work is kind of done now the actual books we just have to get the technicals lined up and then the actual event for me is just great fun you know and i'm really I, I i really am looking forward to just the experience on the day i i know um, Joe O'Brien and Mike McGrath and everyone that's been involved in putting together the the Hope is Noise, the Hope is Noise story, for instance, like this has been, um, you know, a long process. It's a lot of work. Uh, they've been trying to get this shown in Indie Cork for, I think, three years, but it was never quite ready. Three years? Yeah, and now it's ready. So it's done and it's completed. And, you know, this this is almost like a cathartic experience. It's like we, we've done it. We've got there, so yeah, I, I am really excited. And like on um, I suppose like on an artistic level, I can't wait to see the film. But like in terms of like uh, I suppose um, a personal accomplishment by the people that I'm working with, I'm really happy for them to see them see their work come into fruition and for other people to see it. Yeah, it's a, a good way of putting it. Um, I guess y- your event is kind of launching the music side of it on the uh, October the seventh, Wild Rocket. Hawk Bastard and Tesla Coil. Hawk Bastard, what a name for a band. What a name. <laughs> That's in on Spalping Faunuk mm-hmm. on South Main Street on uh, Saturday. Th- like That's just kind of like the start of the music side of things in the festival. Exactly. So technically, this is um, the day before the festival officially starts. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so the 7th. The 7th, yeah. And the festival then starts on Sunday the 8th. Uh, so... Uh, this is a band that I've been talking to since sometime in the summer. I was bringing them to Cork anyway. Um, Wild Rocket. Wild Rocket, yeah. Where, where are they from? Wild Rocket are based in Dublin. They're uh, they're kind of um, a heavy 
riffy, kind of stonery, doomy, space rock, slightly psychedelic, um, kind of fuzzy, just uh, tribal awesome <laughs> noise. I just, uh, I think they're an amazing band. I've been uh, looking forward to bringing them to Cork for um, months at this stage. And uh, just the way it lined up, it was the night before Indie Cork and Tony turned to me and said, it'd be great if we had something for the Saturday night, just a bit of music to get people together and uh, kind of soft launch the festival in a sense. And I said, look, I've got something right there ready to go. So it was just a case of like sticking the Indie Cork logo on the poster. And uh, there she is. <laughs> uh, and then on the, uh, well, today, if people are listening to the podcast, as soon as it comes out, uh, you have 8J playing in Village Hall. That's not associated with the uh, with the festival, but just so people know, they can hear that and they can like run out to the Village Hall mm. and get there just in time. That's kind of like a series of gigs that you're doing in the Village Hall. Yeah, so um, I've, I've started a new night in collaboration with the Village Hall. We're calling it Live at the Listening Room. Uh, I've booked four dates. We had the first one about a week ago, which was the Driftwood Manor from uh, Athlone. Um, a wonderful band, and it was a lovely night. We launched it on Culture Night and, and made it free and kind of tried to get as many people there as possible. It was a great success. Um, so the whole ethos of this event is we want to do slightly more intimate, slightly more kind of stripped-down performances. So all of the acts that I've approached are like, I've said to them, look, we're not looking for a full band performance. You don't need to bring down your drummer and bass player and all that kind of thing. If you could bring down like a kind of a solo or duo ensemble and and do um, do something a little bit more intimate, we're going to get the audience a little bit closer and uh, try and kind of create um, just something a little bit unique. You know, like uh, it's a I okay. So I I've done a lot of. Uh, house gigs, and I also work with another organization, So Far Sounds. So we do kind of, um, more, like we film all our gigs, and uh, as, as part of that, then, you know, the, the, and we put them on in kind of unusual locations, and we, we create this like wonderful uh, environment where, um, you know, there's no one at the bar chatting about the match, it's like everyone's there focused on the music, and um, I wanted to kind of, uh, take that feel and take that ethos and kind of transpose it to uh, a set venue and just kind of like kind of maybe build up uh, something something unique there and that, that's kind of uh, what we're tr trying to do so then the next gig is going to be uh, 8J uh, that is on uh, this Friday actually uh, oh sorry it's the Friday I thought Friday it was the six, yeah. man my dates are all over the yeah. place it's like October happened and I'm like wait what I just can't believe it was October. I thought it was year. a Thursday. My apologies. Oh, you're grand. Uh, so yeah, that, that's coming up this Friday. Uh, HJ, it's going to be... Um, so he is a uh, kind of a soul singer from Dublin. And it's going to be just him and his keyboard player. And um, yeah, it's going to be really beautiful. If you like um, like Soul Age, Afaris, people like that, you're going you're gonna to love this. It's going to be great. Uh, how big is the listening room in the Village Hall? Um, I think we could fit in... We're still working that out. We haven't filled it yet. Yeah. But uh, I, I would guess the front room, like 60 to 80 people seated. Oh, okay. For an intimate gig. That's good. Yeah. That's good. It sounds like the Village Hall is kind of really filling a sort of, I don't know about DIY, but that mm. seems to be the vibe at the moment just because like with Cork Community Print Shop gone mm. and uh, Plugged and Gulped as well, it does seem like these places just kind of come to the fore then. It's like people are like, wait, 
where can we go now? And it seems like the village hall where a lot of the indie Gork stuff is happening does seem to be like this place now where people can gravitate towards. Totally, totally. Um, I mean, yes, th- there's been a couple of really interesting places that have uh, closed down in Cork over the last two years. Um, but the, the, the scene is just changing. And it's, sad, it's always sad to see places go, but it's great to see uh, new places emerge. And I've done a couple of gigs with the Village Hall over the last two years or so, and I just kind of found them great to work with. Great personal relationship with Jackie and Karen when I walk in there. They're just really, really nice people. Um, uh, and I suppose they were kind of interested in moving into this space, and, and uh, they actually approached me. Karen approached me and was like, look, Cormac, you've done some stuff in here. We really liked working with you. If you'd like to kind of collaborate on something, um, it'd be great. And, you know, they, they've, they've kind of established this relationship with me, but they're also um, kind of opening the door to different kind of club nights and the uh, Diffract guys have gone in there and they've done some great gigs. Uh, Sunday Times have done some really interesting stuff in there. And and very much we're talking to Kieran, he's just really um, interested in seeing the space used for, for I suppose, um, uh, just more unique and more uh, unusual um kind of experiences because like you know there's always going to be a traditional pubs and there's always going to be traditional venues they're never going to go anywhere and they're great and it's wonderful to be able to you know rock up pay a tenner on the door and go in and get your you know pint of ipa or whatever and that'll always be there and i do it too but i've kind of learned and kind of come up in the diy space and i i think uh it, it is something worth preserving and it's it's really really interesting and um, you can kind of take chances there that you wouldn't really m- maybe see taken as often uh, or at all in uh, the more, I suppose, orthodox um, gig space. So it is great to see people like the Village Hall uh, kind of opening their doors and trying to do something uh, different. Who else have you got on at the at the listening room? It's it's There's another three gigs to come. Yeah. Uh, the Oslots? The Oslots are great. So... Uh, these guys just played in, uh, is it the Secret Song Festival in Ballet Hub there at the weekend. Oh, right. They're um, two brothers, two twin brothers. I think they're 19, maybe maybe 20 at the most. And uh, they do kind of, uh, kind of like modern acoustic bluesy kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, they're fantastic. They're from, they're, from, they're from Waterford. They are releasing their new EP on the 6th of this month. And then I was lucky enough to kind of connect with them around the time that they were planning a tour, and it just it lined up really nicely. Uh, it seems like Cosmonaut doesn't seem to be confined to like one type of music. It seems like every gig that you're putting on, it's like completely different. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of reflective of my own personality, to be honest. Like I, I always uh, like I'm musically um, agnostic. Like I, I listen to. Uh, I could listen to anything and I kind of tend to just get into, maybe I might get into a genre like really, really heavily for a couple of months or years, but I'll never isolate myself down to any one thing. I'd originally set up Cosmonaut as a, la- as a label, as a brand to promote, uh, I suppose, math rock and kind of progressive rock, which is something I love and I didn't really see a lot of it happening in Cork at the time and kind of just came about by a fluke coincidence, really, like there was no great planning behind it. And then after doing a couple of gigs that way and seeing other opportunities that I wanted to follow, I was like, look, just, it's a brand, it's a label, just stick it on everything, you know? Yeah. Like, you, it, it, it's not a name that kind of screams one type of genre either. So it's like, it's not cosmonaut metal events or anything yeah, exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I like, um, um, 
I don't really know what was behind the thought process behind that, to be honest. Like, at the time, I've kind of tried to think about this. About, about the name? About the name, yeah. Oh, man, don't ask. Like, yeah, like, I, really, like, I really don't know. Yeah. I just know that I, I, was, I was about to announce a gig, and I wanted to launch a new promotions company with it, and I just needed something quick. <laughs> and that's, that's what emerged. What was the first Cosmonaut event? The first ever Cosmonaut event was... Um, I put on a double headliner with Vasa and Bodyhound in on Spalpeen Fawnock back in, I think, February of this year. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it kind of came about, like, um, because uh, a date on their tour fell through. And I, I'd been speaking to uh, Shane Malone, who, uh, he, he works, uh, he works for the Film Flat up in Galway, and he promotes a lot of kind of, like, heavier gigs uh, under the name Feast with a few other guys up there he's excellent guy excellent promoter and he just got to me and he's like Cormac you're doing loads of gigs in Cork I know you're involved in a couple of venues down there um I'm stuck uh, or not I'm stuck but these guys are stuck can you help us out is there any chance you could take it on and I listened to about like 30 seconds of one song and I was like this is probably a massive mistake but yes I love the music <laughs> I'll do it and uh you know within a week or two I had like posters up and launched Cosmonaut and got a logo made and all this kind of stuff wow, in two weeks yeah yeah it was it was it was like no actually it was I think I had about a month run up to the gig but kind of got all of the um you know materials and posters and graphics all done in about a week or so yeah Wow, fair play. Yeah, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> so you moved to Cork about two years ago? Yeah, I, I moved to Cork in um, April or March of 2015. Where'd you come from? Uh, not too far, just came down the road from Limerick. Limerick seems like it's doing quite well at the moment. Limerick is going to take off, man. Like, um, I left because there was nothing going on. Yeah. Re- like, to be honest, I let, like, that's, that's why I left. And um, kind of through talking to like friends who've put me on to stuff that's going on and just kind of seeing stuff develop up there, there's just an amazing, amazing scene emerging in that city at the moment. And it's really great to see because when I was a young guy growing up, it was a really, really interesting place uh, in terms of music. And, it, you know, it just it, it took a, a major dip there for obvious reasons over the last 10 years or so. And it, it's very much rebounding now. And I, I cannot see what's, cannot wait to see what comes out of that place next? Yeah, I was there for like two years. I did a postgrad up in UL ah. and my girlfriend was there as well in art college. And so, yeah, getting to live there in like 2008, 2009 was mm. just really, really nice. It was, it's just such a different vibe. And I saw some people just talking about like just the idea of Limerick and it's like, there's no, you know, Cork people are like, yeah, we're from Cork, the real capital sort of thing. And Dublin, of course, is just like, uh, you know, it's got a kind of a chip on its shoulder but then uh well cork does as well obviously but limerick (laughs) just doesn't seem to have that it's like just get on with stuff like diy limerick has has come up in pharmacy as well which sounds great i know that they put on ganglions who you also put on as well but it's it's great to see that like limerick is just getting on oh big time big time um i remember having a, a very uh a very long time ago, I remember having a conversation with my friend, very good friend, uh, Pork O'Donoghue, also goes by the name Post Punk Podge, if you want to check out his music online. Uh, he's amazing. Um, but it was just the start of the economic downturn, and we were kind of just kind of like talking about, you know, just like art in general, and we we're like, you know, um, historically, uh, great 
suffering produces great art. So like maybe things for the next couple of years are going to be quite bad. And in Limerick, they really were. Like they, around 2000, you know, 2010 to 2004 in Limerick was really, really dire. It was, it was not, a, it was, it was like economically in terms of like employment. And I think a lot of young people left around that time too. A lot of my friends definitely. Um, but very much out of that time, I, 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 we kind of guessed that out of that time of great suffering would come great art. And I, I think now we're kind of in a way seeing kind of maybe some of the fruits of that. And there, there's a real honest kind of, um, art and music that's coming out of Limerick at the moment. And it's, 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 it's like, you know, I don't want to say like from the streets, you know, but like, you know, there's guys like Joan and Decay that are coming up and there's, there's, there's the, the different bands that are involved in DIY LK, like Cruiser. And, you know, the, these guys are just telling their stories about their experiences in Limerick over the last 10 years, which was a tough place to be. And they're creating just this amazing, uh, just ama amazing scene out of it. And, uh, for me, kind of like looking back on that conversation ten years ago, I was like, "Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe this is this this is the the good part. Maybe we do get to see the good part now." W was that it? Like you were kind of talking yourselves into like, keep on doing stuff in Limerick, like putting on gigs and stuff. Well, I wouldn't have been doing that kind of thing back then, to be honest. I was just kind of uh, playing music myself as a as a musician. Um, that conversation, um, God. <laughs> we would have talked about so many things over the years I can't really place that one particular one but I just remember that point more than anything um, and I, I must ask him about that if he, if he doesn't remember if, if, if he hears this I never <laughs> said that, what are you talking yeah, about? Like, what are you talking about? Stop. Words in my <laughs> what are you accusing me of? Uh, so Cork at the moment I don't know it, it seems like as you mentioned earlier like it's in a bit of a state of flux mm. just like music venue wise just seeing those aforementioned venues like gulp uh, close and it seems like we're kind of uh no shrink shrinkage mm. or something like that mm. in terms of music venues i don't know if, like you don't want to be too negative about it and there's still you know fair play to cypress avenue for keeping going the, you're doing a lot of gigs in the poor relation which seems to be Great going place. well Great you place. have the village hall and everything but w w what do you think of cork as like a music city at the moment um I mean, like, there's a couple of undeniable facts. Uh, a lot of venues have shut down. A lot of, a lot of, uh, I suppose, avenues for uh, artists to to grow and to perform have been taken away. Um, that's undeniable. And when I talk to people that have been, you know, live in Cork and for a long time and are for, from Cork, I can understand their frustration, and I, I I see what they're talking about. And I've been a part of it. Like I did a lot of work in Cork Community Print Shop that disappeared. I did a lot of work at the Kino that disappeared. You know, Gulp has been taken away from people. Sample Studios has been kind of moved outside the city. These are undeniable facts. Camden Palace is gone. Um, but I do see a lot of people that are working really hard and that they're they're trying things and um uh th there's like new people emerging like um for instance at the weekend in the friary uh, uh there's a, a group called the um garden collective and they put on their their third gig and they're putting on these like really really lovely wonderful performances and kind of mixing like poetry and spoken word and acoustic music and you know kind of create an environment and it's kind of their approach and it's it's unique and it's creative and they're they're doing something different um you know the roundy has like suddenly like 
it, it, it's on fire at the moment. Like, there's, like uh, Emma Kelly is doing huge amounts of work on the round, and it seems like every week there's like something really, really compelling and interesting going on in there. And I know, like, just like speaking as a promoter, like, you know, I put on gigs, and you know, all of a sudden there's something brilliant on the same night as my gig. So like, I'm like looking at that and kind of worrying about it. So I don't think it's in a situation yet where there's like nothing to go to or there's nothing on. I think you're right in saying it's like it's contracted a bit. It has there's a bit of shrinkage, but there's, you know, I I think a great like strength of personality and a diversity of personality in the community. And you know, people will push through. You know, like like you know, if you if you believe in like. Uh, supply and demand and, and market economics and all that kind of stuff. Like you take away all the festivals, or sorry, you take away all the venues, and uh, you're just creating a gap in the market. And some clever fella is going to pop in and do something a little bit new and a little bit different uh, to fill that gap. And um, you know, things will be back on the ascent again. Um, so, do you enjoy putting on the gigs? Like you obviously do. That like mm. you're doing it so regularly. Mm. Like I've put on a few gigs and I just don't enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, you had an interview with Mary Hickson a couple of weeks ago that I read the transcription of, and there is one point that she made in that, and I, I'm going to be um, so Mary Hickson, the director of the Sounds Going to Save Harbour Festival. And there was one point she made in that. I'm going to be like slightly um, paraphrasing here, but um, she kind of talked about being busy and doing things as her creative outlet, and kind of said if she wasn't busy, if she wasn't doing stuff, she probably would be, you know, a little bit sad, a little bit frustrated, a little bit down. And like when I read that, it just like struck a note with me straight away. And like that's very much like my personality. Um, I just I love. Um, I love being busy. I love doing things. I probably like try and do too many things a little bit. Um, I, I I would genuinely say I find it much easier as probably kind of like maybe like a shy introverted person to to be in a social situation when I have a task. So I've got something like that's like kind of keeping me occupied. And it's like, okay, I got to go and look after this. I got to do the door. I got to do the desk. I got to, you know, kind of keep an eye on this. And then suddenly I'm just like in my rhythm. I'm in my groove and I'm having a... I'm having a great time, uh, almost to the point now where if I was at a music festival for two or three days, I'm kind of looking at like the sound engineers and looking at the staff, and I was like, "Can I give you a hand? Like, hey, is there anything that needs to be done around here?" It's like, "God, I wish I wish I'd like uh, one of those high vis jackets and keep me going or something," you know? Yeah, because Mary Hickson talked about that as well. Like that, she almost doesn't enjoy going to gigs anymore because she, you know, she's always wondering, "Oh, what can I do? What can I do?" Mm. So is this like the unstated side effect of putting on music gigs is that you don't actually enjoy going to gigs then yourself <laughs> but possibly a little bit uh it depends on the scene and the circumstance i was talking to um i was talking to um albert uh Toomey, who runs penske records the other day and we were just talking about music festivals and he said joe i just always feel more comfortable when i have like an escape pod <laughs> you know, and if, like if you're at if you're at a festival for like three days and you're not really in the mood for it anymore and it's like saturday morning it's just like, okay, just grin and bear it and, and get just on with it. crack open another can. Crack open another can. I'll drink my way back to, to happiness or whatever. But um, uh, I, I definitely still love going and seeing an incredible performance. And I, I do take great novelty from relaxing and not having any pressure on me on the night too. Um, but 
I probably do genuinely prefer being involved, having something to do with it. And you get to do cooler stuff too. Like uh, I went and saw Saint Sister at the end of Sounds From A Safe Harbor. We were like in the second or third row. I brought my girlfriend. It was beautiful, like like move you to tears, beautiful performance. Uh, had an amazing time. And you know, three days later, we put on Lisa Hannigan for um, Amnesty International in Nano Nagel, and you know you get to have the same glorious, beautiful, wonderful experience. Wonderful experience, except you get to go back and have a chat and a cup of coffee with Lisa, and then like sit side of stage and watch her from like two inches away. So uh, there's like perks of the job as well that go along with probably like dying ten years younger and you know going grey early from stress and all this kind of thing. <laughs> uh, that was part of the so far sounds gig that was kind yeah. of happening worldwide as well. Hosier was playing up mm. in up in Dublin as part of it. Tell me more about the the Lisa Anigan gig. Oh, so cool! <laughs> it's in in Nano Nagels. It was in Nano Nagel Place. Yeah, that's another venue that's kind of cropped up, and exactly. it's, it'll be interesting to see what uh what goes on in there. Oh, absolutely, and uh, they definitely have ambitions for the place. Um, I kind of met them at a, a kind of a really interesting time for both of us because they had just opened the door that day, pretty much, to the public. It was like, okay, we are now open to the public after a couple of years of renovations, and I got talking to the management in there, and I didn't even know I was looking for a venue for the Lisa Hannigan thing at this time. I, didn't, I don't think I even had Lisa Hannigan booked. Um... I just was kind of generally going around checking out different spaces that I could use for a potential so far. And from talking to the management in there, they, they, they kind of um, they kind of realized that they had this wonderful space and were kind of like thinking about like how can we use it in different ways. And this chapel in particular where we put on the performance. And um, yeah, it just kind of worked out. They, they were interested to see what it would be like to have an event run in there. And I was looking for a place. And then the next thing I know, uh, Lisa Hannigan has, uh, you know, shown an interest in doing this event, this special event for Amnesty, this international um, day of awareness for refugees that we did, and uh, it just all kind of came together. And yeah, it was it was genuinely uh, a really like um, uh, like almost like a transformative experience for me because like this whole putting on gigs thing is is very new for me. I kind of started to do it almost by accident when I moved to Cork. And it was like me and like, basically me and two two very good friends, uh, and uh, one of whom is now my girlfriend. And uh, we were just putting on acoustic uh, nights in a Cork community print shop. And uh, yeah, it, we, we didn't really know what we were doing. I we was just kind of having fun. And uh, it, it was kind of a great way for me to kind of like learn a little bit about how this world works. And then two years later, like like literally like, you know, almost two years to the week, <laughs> We've got Lisa Hannigan performing for us, like with a full video team in like this amazing old chapel, and you know both both of those uh, both of those wonderful uh, women were there. Uh, you know my my two good friends, and I suppose my girlfriend and my good friend, and uh, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a pinch yourself moment for me. Really, it was really cool. Wait, it was in the actual church part of Nano Nagels, was it? Yeah. So um, when you go back into the complex, they have this like lovely lovely chapel. It's like um, probably no more than the size of this house, really. So you maybe like we we fit probably like a hundred people in there, and it was uh it was it was just really cool. It was a really beautiful experience. Wow, yeah, I saw her at, at Sounds from a Safe Harbor, and hopefully going to see her at St Luke's as well. Oh yeah, in the start of November, I think. I I don't know. I I keep saying like she's one of the most underrated 
musicians in Ireland, but it's like she's still playing all these big gigs and stuff and people absolutely love her. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm getting very bad at like judging the size of a of an act now. It's like Kendrick Lamar announced a date at the Three Arena and I was like, Will he sell that out? Is he that big? Oh yeah. And then it's like yeah, yeah he headlined Longitude. He's probably the yeah. biggest artist in America right now, apart from Beyonce. Yeah, of course. Well no no one can touch Beyonce um so so i think with lisa hannigan i'm like oh she's one of the most underrated no she's not she's like beloved by by thousands and oh yeah well she's she's an interesting interesting like if you look at like her facebook followers she's like 150,000 followers on facebook um which is massive like i've 500 (laughs) but uh uh you know it's absolutely massive but um i think you're gonna look at her and it's like she's definitely got this like massive breakout appeal like you could see her like being uh on like you know sell out stages all around the world she's she's got that special um special thing about her like but both her kind of herself and her own personality you definitely being around her you can kind of see there's something really special and really lovely about her and uh, but also like her music and her talent is incredible but like you kind of wonder like if she was this like big massive megastar would that kind of ruin <laughs> lisa hannigan is she, is she kind of is she almost like better as like like this, this like Ireland's little secret or something. <laughs> I think she's an artist's artist. She's I th- an artist. That's. I think the national. Perfect. I think the national certainly know that they've taken her on tour. She's yeah. been on their album, and her and Aaron like worked together on her last album. Mm. So I think I think that that's kind of it at the moment. Absolutely. And it's like yeah, once the world kind of sees it, it'll be like oh, Lisa's humongous now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just before uh, we let you go back to book another 10 gigs or something <laughs> like that, like if people are listening to this and they're like, oh, he's, Cormac is talking, he's saying all these great things about putting on gigs. I want to put on Lisa Hannigan. Like what advice would you would you give to people who are like wanting to book gigs for the first time? Um, don't do it alone. Uh, I couldn't do any of this stuff uh, except I have a great team. Um, DIY LK uh, have done a huge amount in a very short space of time and it's because they very much have that community ethos they share the costs they share you know like practicalities like putting up bands they share like you know someone has to go to the posters someone's gonna do the door like they, they really really treat it like a community organization and that's why they've accomplished so much in short, such a short space of time I've tried to do a lot of this stuff on my own and I found it hard, um, worthwhile, but very, very difficult. Um, so, and still yet, I depend on a great group of people around me that kind of do different things. Like I have a brilliant photographer that I work with, brilliant like sound engineer that I work with, like amazing people that have all these roles. But I, I very much try and do a lot of this stuff by myself. And I, I'm very much looking at kind of changing that maybe a little bit and kind of maybe uh, bring a few more people in and maybe share the name Cosmonaut a little bit. But if I was to give a person a piece of advice, Definitely get in there with your good friends, sit down, figure out what you want to do and figure out how you can help each other. And uh, yeah, and just have fun because it it should be loads of fun. (laughs) And you're not going to make any money. (laughs) (laughs) Tried, failed. Uh, well, yeah, as I said, like you're uh, you're pretty busy over the next little while. 8J at the listening room mm. on October 6th. Wild Rocket, Hawk Bastard and Tesla Coil on October 7th in Unspalping Fauna, kind of the launch of Indie Cork. Yep. The Oscillates at the listening room in Village Hall on October 20th. Undercurrent in the Poor Relation on October 27th. Mm. I don't think we talked about that. What's that? So I do... Uh, <laughs> I do a drum and bass night uh, with a, a good friend of mine, Connor Jonesy. So Connor is kind of a legend in, in Cork and Ireland in general. 
he's he's got, he's uh, he owns the Rise Up Sound System. He's part of Jungle Boogie. He's he's been playing all kinds of records all over this country in all kinds of venues for like ten plus years. And uh, we had kind of collaborated on a couple of big events in the keynote. We did an amazing New Year's Eve party there uh, at the end of twenty sixteen. Uh, this year just gone and um he kind of said to me he's like do you want to collaborate on uh, a club night in cork and undercurrent is kind of the the baby that came from that marriage <laughs> wow and the poor that's in the poor relation on october 27th yeah. drum and bass so that's for uh if i just plug that for a second that's for the the jazz weekend that's the friday of the the jazz weekend we've got uh don roscoe t walk uh jonesy and jesco who's uh one of the guys from sweet tooth and um yeah, this is going to be an absolutely massive gig. This is going to wow. be absolutely packed, so get there early. I can't wait. Is there any genre of music that you stay away from? Um, not really. Like I kind of, gra- I had areas that I didn't like, <laughs> and then I've kind of gradually gotten into them. Like I could never stand, I could never stand like that kind of, um, kind of like typical metal vocal. I could never stand like screamo or anything like that. Moved to Cork, went and saw a band, Terriers. Uh, that just did that brilliantly and now I love it and like it, I, the, I, you know I used to just like actually do you know what I don't really like country music that much oh, really? <laughs> to be honest that's about it so but more, more country and western I, like I don't mind a bit of Johnny Cash or whatever but uh, maybe not so much the guys in communion too playing Daniel O'Donnell up in some hotel in Donegal and stuff I don't know cut to a year later and it's Cosmonaut presents Daniel O'Donnell you never know <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the final event that's uh I think at the moment that you're promoting anyway mm. is Shiva in yeah. November 3. That is a lot of gigs. Five yeah. gigs in, in just over a month. That's at the listening room uh, on November 3rd. Yeah. So fair play. Yeah, busy. Yeah, th- this is going to be a really special gig as well. She uh, is a, a Claire singer-songwriter. Uh, she's a great guitarist. She's a great singer. And uh, she, she's a, you know, a great songwriter. It's kind of the, the, <clears throat> the last in this series of gigs before we kind of ri- take stock and maybe plan next year's next year's uh, catalog and um i think we're gonna have built up quite a bit of momentum by the time she's on and uh, i'm really looking forward to things being really 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 special gig cool is are, are you like definite that that's your last gig of the year or are you no, like definitely not. come november 3rd it'll be like i've got these 10 more gigs i tell you october is gonna be a busy one between indie cork and the jazz festival i've got a few things uh, kind of just work-wise and I suppose that's not even announced yet for the Jazz Festival and then I'll probably kind of keep tipping away up until the end of the year and I'm in the works of putting together something pretty big for the last kind of the end of the year the end of the year will definitely end with a big bang <laughs> oh well on that note stay tuned uh, Cosmonaut Co- um, what is it on Facebook it's Cosmonaut Music Cork Cosmonaut Music Corp. Yeah. So you find it on Facebook. All the events are handily listed there. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for the chats. Thank and you. And good luck with Indie Corp and all of the gigs and all of the all of the listening and everything. Thank you very much. Cheers. Uh-huh.